The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. How you feeling, Jackie? I'm feeling fine. <laughs> Holidays in the park. <laughs> I think it was December 25th. Um, we're getting through the holidays. <laughs> I have been... <laughs> what else is new? I have been insanely stressed out. But it has nothing to do with the holidays, though. It's just everything else. Yeah, this is a definitely... This is a different thing, because over the years, it's always every time we get near the holidays, we usually have, like, a holiday episode where we talk about how the holidays are stressing us out so much. Uh, but actually, this year, it's not really the case. I mean, it's not really the case for for me, either. I mean, I'm not I'm not going home for Christmas this year. Me neither. I just... I went Maybe back- that's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think... I have a feeling that that's what it is. Is that you're not going, but you're going home before Christmas, though. Yes. But it's not the same pressure as going home on Christmas. Yeah? I feel like it's not. Yeah, I suppose not, yeah. Because then it's not about the day. Yeah. I hate that it has to be about the day. Yeah, the whole day thing, that does kind of bother me a little bit, too. That puts too much pressure. Too much pressure on the day. Yeah, I think that goes for most days, like capital D days, specifically Thanksgiving and Christmas. There's so much pressure on the day. You gotta have the day. And like, ah. Why? Why can't we just hang out with each other? It's just a day. Or yeah. why can't we just do it another day? Yeah. When it's not like, oh, everyone has to be 20 million places at once. So, but that's why it's nice is that we just literally, I think, took the anxiety out of our holidays when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, you just do it a couple weeks before. Yeah, and now I feel great. No, you don't. It's just everything else <laughs> that's the problem. It's the everything else that's the problem. I have been having really, really, I have been having a very difficult time with anxiety and panic attacks. I haven't been sleeping a lot. I don't know if you can tell by my face. You don't look, the last few weeks you seem like you haven't had a real good night's sleep. Yeah, I'm just kind of starting to lose my mind a little bit, and I, I actually put a label on it, which is starting to help me a lot, as I keep calling it my future thinking. Yeah. And the problem is that my future... But Jackie, are you sure you don't just have sads? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I know, because I'm fine with the cold. I'm okay with the cold. I'm okay with the gray days. We're at the beginning of the gray days. Talk to me in March. Oh. <laughs> But for now, it's not that. It's just career and, you know, and and life in general that everything is going well. So immediately with someone with anxiety, you don't like that because Mm. it's a change. So in turn, I have been thinking every day I wake up or if I'm walking somewhere or if I'm just sitting somewhere and I've stopped listening to music everywhere I go and... Instead of listening to music, I just go through my day. I I start with the current day, and then I go to the next day, and then I go to the next day, until it gets to about two weeks from then, and I think about everything I have to do on that day to a point that I have to make a list when I wake up in the morning just so I can get through the day to look at, to make it physical of what I have to do that day. And I've also... I think that this is starting to make me go a little crazy is that to remind myself of things because I'm so worried I'm going to forget to do something I've been setting alarms all day and I write out the label in the label of what the alarm is for and then I'm at work and everyone's like why do these I I mean I have about five a day Mm -hmm. maybe that just will go off 
to remind me to do something. But now I'm so anxious when I look at the phone because I'm like, is it going to be an alarm? And it's like, no, it's just my mom calling and I'll answer. I'm like, hello? She's like, why do you sound so <laughs> frazzled? It's like, I've just been frazzled. Mm-hmm. So it's so. In other words, that thing that is constantly with you is also constantly giving you stress. Yes, that's terrible. Yeah. I think the alarms might be a bad idea. The alarms, but the alarms really help. Yeah. Well, it's but they I, help with what though? I don't know to remind me of things. Yeah. Are you having a hard time forgetting things, or are you mostly just waiting for the alarm to go off for the thing that you already know you have to do? Well, I think I'm just so worried about forgetting to do something that I want to do everything in my power because I feel like I'm just going to go through the day and all of a sudden be like, fuck, mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't go to this meeting that I was supposed to, or I can't believe I missed this audition that I was supposed to be, and I'm so, but I know that you should just like have a planner mm-hmm. or put it in a calendar or do something, but I don't like to do those things. <laughs> you just like to make yourself crazy with, bah, bah. I think I've just been making myself, but I have different sounds for different things. <laughs> this is starting to sound crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've had, but it's been a few weeks of this. And finally, that, I mean, it actually woke me up. I was just a coworker that she was like, you should really stop with the alarms. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll stop doing the alarms. I have a few alarms, but I've stopped doing a lot of the alarms. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm so nervous about, but it's constant nervous. It's a control thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you feel out of control. There's a lot of change going on. Good change. Yeah. And like you said, anytime, you know, we're anxious people, we suffer for anxiety. So anytime there's any change whatsoever, the anxiety is going to be thrown through the roof. Yeah. Uh, and you try to find some sort of way to control that. And it seems like the alarms and all that type of shit is some way trying to control it. And especially like the future thinking uh, is trying to control what's going to be happening in your life. But the problem is that you're living two weeks in the future. We were talking before the show and you said that, you know, you don't even, you're about to go away uh, tomorrow uh, down to Tampa, uh, but you don't even realize that because you're thinking two weeks in the future because you pretty much already lived the Tampa trip I'm already past two it. weeks ago. Yeah, you're already totally and completely past it. Which is so weird because I just keep seeing it as, as a non, the next like four days don't exist to me. Because it's not work. And it's nothing I have to remember. Yeah. I just have to get to the airport on tomorrow. I have to get to the airport tomorrow and on Tuesday, and that's it. Yeah. I don't have to remember anything else. Yeah, you have to get to the airport tomorrow and Tuesday, and then you're totally fine. But in the interim, it's just going to be hanging out. I mean, is there some sort of anxiety you're having about the next four days of just doing nothing? No. I'm nervous that I'm not going to be able to relax. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I'm anxious about, is that I'm not going to be able to relax. And so I'm creating more anxiety thinking about relaxing. Yeah, I mean, that is also, that's the feedback loop, man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the feedback loop of anxiety is, I mean, that's the hardest thing to break. I mean, that's the essence of anxiety, essentially. You know, Mm -hmm. the the essence of anxiety is uh, the feedback loop where you just keep going further and further and further and you start getting worried about being worried. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out. I started looking up ways to, you know, I mean, I always am looking up for new things um, of dealing with my anxiety, but this has been the worst it's been in a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't cried yet today, but I'm sure that I will. Mm -hmm. It's been one of those where I just randomly will just burst into tears. Yeah. Uh, Because also it's like when you lose sleep 
And so I, I looked up, I found this app called Headspace. Mm-hmm. I haven't used it yet. It's supposed to put things into perspective for you. Okay. It's like a meditation type thing. All right. So I think I'm going to try that because the writing of the list isn't even helping anymore. I've been trying to read more to try and forget about reality. Because like even television, I can't even I can't even get into it because I'm thinking about other things. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything passive. You have to do something active. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, it's not like I'm gonna go running. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could go running. Yeah. So I'm just trying. To, I feel like I'm just trying to work on it. I'm trying to be aware of it now because I feel like for weeks I wasn't aware of how uptight I was being. Yeah. When did you start noticing that there was something different? About a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Oh, I think this is getting really bad." I think, I mean, it just it, Doug was the one that mentioned it, and I was like, ah, "I'm fine. I'm I'm no more anxious than usual." And he's like, "You've been real, like even to a point that like I'm starting to see things out of the corner of my eye." It's starting. It sounds like it's starting to turn into full blown paranoia. Yeah, a little bit. Actually, no, it's. Definitely full blown paranoia, <laughs> because that's you're, you're paranoid about. Uh, you're paranoid about forgetting things. You're paranoid about losing control. Uh, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's yeah, move from anxiety into paranoia, or move from paranoia into anxiety. It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do when you're paranoid? I am still working on that right now. In, in <laughs> fact, that's the uh, big thing that I'm working on personally a lot uh, is the biggest thing that I'm trying to work on. And really the thing that I've been working on for, I guess, six months now is getting my paranoia under control. Uh, and in fact, you know, talking about right now, possibly going on a new medication to try to get it under control Yeah, uh, because it's all... You know, all of it is, uh, for me, like the, the future thinking, like I have that too. I have the anxiety, uh, but it always ends in uh, worst case scenarios, worst possible scenarios, like the, the, the worst possible thing uh, that can happen. It never involves any solutions. It mostly just, my mind, anxiety keeps me going and keeps me going and keeps me going uh, until I'm dead in a ditch somewhere. Uh, and everyone that I love is also dead. And everything is done, everything's gone, everything uh, has pretty much burned down to the ground. Uh, Or it'll just happen in like tiny little fires. That's pretty much what it ends in. That's usually what my anxiety ends in. Not literal fire, uh, but definitely in flames. It ends in destruction, um, one way or another. Uh, And I'm... I haven't really gotten any many answers lately. I, I really haven't. It's uh, the biggest thing uh, that I've been doing is uh, talking to Carolina about it. And when I start feeling paranoid, I will go to her and say like, "Hey, darling, this is what I'm feeling paranoid about. This is what's going on in my head." Uh, and I'll talk it through with her. She'll listen. Uh, and you know, and sometimes the paranoia has to do with her. Sometimes it has to do with uh, work. Sometimes it has to do with my family. And pretty much the paranoia will latch onto something at one point in time. Uh, But she'll listen to me. uh, She'll alleviate any fears that I might have if it has to do with her. Uh, If it doesn't have to do with her, then she'll just just talk the whole thing through uh, and kind of go from point to point to point as to why these things aren't going to happen. Uh, Why I've kind of popped myself into a tiny little corner of uh, paranoia and usually hatred. Uh, 
self-hatred um, because that's another feedback loop going around and round and round uh, is feeling this way and then hating myself uh, for feeling this way. Um, as far as how to keep it under control, really just talking to somebody about it. Um, but really, I mean, I think our anxiety and paranoia, it's kind of apples and oranges. Mm. You know, like I, I think I think the your paranoia and anxiety, uh, I think for you, you're just in a new phase of your life. And I don't know if you realize this, but this has happened before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on this show. Oh, we have yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've talked about, yeah, we've talked about this on on this show, you know. And in both ways, both of us have talked about it on the show. Like when we go through uh, big changes, when we go through um, any sort of, of positive or negative life change, uh, anxiety always comes along with it. Uh, and how we've always dealt with in the past is we just sort of get used to it not mm. getting used to the paranoia and anxiety but getting used to our new lives right getting used to our new lifestyles because with a new lifestyle and with new opportunities comes new routines uh and the routines uh show themselves the routines don't get i mean there's no simple trick uh for a new routine because routines have to create themselves uh so you might have to just hang on real hard yeah until the routines start to show themselves and until and you also i mean it's all this type of shit i mean it's like work shopping where uh, you know the alarms don't necessarily work i gotta get rid of the alarms <laughs> the alarms are making me like to a point that i almost like flushed my phone down the toilet the other day <laughs> yeah yeah the alarm but that's the thing is that you could take the alarms you can rework it you can try a different way of uh of using that tool uh or you can abandon it altogether and try something else like yeah. we all have our methods that we uh create as we're trying to get used to our new lives um but you know, most of the time, the first one that you come upon, that's not the one that works. You yeah. Know, very rarely. Uh, you have to keep working. You have to rework it again and again and again. Uh, and then, you know, as it always happens, once you finally get uh, everything where you like it to be, everything's going to change again. Yeah. <laughs> changes it up. Yeah, usually you get about two weeks of contentment before, <laughs> <laughs> before everything. Before you start future thinking again. Yeah, before you start future thinking again. Uh, and, and that's... I think that's just sort of the the condition that we live in. Uh, and that's not to say that we should just give in and say, oh, well, this is how it is, so I guess I'm just going to be miserable all the time. You keep fighting. You keep, uh, I mean, myself, like, I fight for those moments of contentment. Yes. Because I know it's not going to be, it's never going to be constant. I know I'm never going to be a relaxed, content person all the time. That's just not going to happen. That's not in the cards for me. You know, like I got, I was blessed with some things and cursed with others. You know, that's how it is with all of us. So myself, I fight for those moments of contentment, those moments of relaxation, those moments of pure joy and happiness that still come about even if you have to deal with all this bullshit. That's what I fight for. And that's mm -hmm. what, all we can fight for is that we're never going to get there. We're never going to be on a steady baseline. Uh, that's not what you fight for. That's not what you go for. You fight for those moments and try not to fuck everything up in between. And also, I think it's working on acknowledging when that is happening, when it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like that happened last day where I was like, I sat and I was like, I think I've like, and then I, you know, I immediately was just like, I'm relaxing don't be aware of the fact that I am relaxing. Yeah. I am just relaxing. Mm -hmm. I am smiling. 
and I'm relaxed. And like it was a good positive. I, I'm gonna say hour and a half where I didn't think about anything else, which was really really nice. Mm-hmm. And then it scares you immediately. Of course. But you have to at least acknowledge it because I feel like that's when you really appreciate it. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, it's something that uh, that we, you know, I think I've said on the show a lot of times before. It was like something that uh, Kurt Vonnegut wrote: is that every once in a while we should look around and you know, if uh, the situation demands it, just say out loud, "If this isn't nice, I don't know what is." Yeah. You know, I've always really loved that <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it is a, a good way of acknowledging things, and I think sometimes it, it's good to say it out loud rather than uh, letting it get eaten up in the feedback loop, which is what happens to me a lot. Is that yeah. that moment? that I realize that uh, I'm relaxed or that moment that I realize like, you know what? I'm feeling really happy. It's like the feedback monster comes in and gives me about 10 things to worry about uh, and none of them matter. None of them and most of them just aren't real. Uh, and it just comes in and attacks me. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I can fight it off. You know, it's like I talked about before in the... Um, um, like kind of the new vision that I have in my head is just, you know, a big version of me just kicking them away. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Get out. You know, and that works sometimes. Uh, but not all the time. Uh, but now what I've kind of started to do, what I've started to do is uh, feel good about the memory of happiness. You know? <laughs> feel good. Sads. Sad. That's sad. Yeah. That- right now. I mean, it kind of helps, you know, no, it, right. it helps like in those, in those moments of, uh, of anxiety, uh, and paranoia, um, to remember like, Hey, I was happy an hour ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I was happy yesterday, uh, without going, why the fuck am I not happy now? Right. Uh, instead of saying, you know, instead of saying that saying, well, I will be again, you know, I was before and I will be again right now sucks right now. Uh, I'm going to be just kind of miserable on this train ride. Uh, I'm going to try to write it out. You know, I'll try to write things out, uh, and that works sometimes. That'll help me out of the hole. Just writing things through um, the what would happen, what would happen, what would happen. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't, and that's fine. Sometimes yeah. I get so over... Yesterday, I got so overdramatic inside of my head about what was happening to me and my anxiety that I likened myself to um, the kids um, they're referring to in... Um, don't they know it's Christmas after all? <laughs> As in, like, I was what, the like, starving African like, children? There's no snow in Africa. Like, it's like all that's like, that's me. So I was like, I, I, I was just like, I was like, is it even Christmas? I can't. And then I just started to laugh and I was like, did I really just liken myself to kids in Africa that do, I mean, the song is so like shitty and racist anyway (laughs) (laughs) so at least you know sometimes you gotta laugh at yourself sometimes you just have to laugh (laughs) (laughs) oh let's uh let's get to our letter for today how's about it all right what are uh what are we going to call this man jingle balls no wait what are we gonna call this woman Jingle balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Hello, Marcus and Jackie. My sister and I have never gotten along. 
Even now, we are in our mid-20s and still bicker. We don't even live in the same state, yet when we see each other within five minutes, we're snipping at one another. I would totally rather be around my cousins than her. My mom has always hated that we've never gotten along. It makes her extremely depressed. She often says, I wish you and your sister would get along. She's your sister for Christ's sake. Her <laughs> oh my God, is my mom here? Her and my sister are very much alike, except my mom is a workaholic, and she just adores her, so she blames me for the relationship. I try to get along with my sister, but we're so different, I don't even know how to react around her. She hated school and is not a hard worker. She loves cooking nice, and since she just had a baby, kisses my mom's ass and thinks she knows everything about having kids. I, on the other hand, love school, have my degree, work an office job that, yes, kills my soul, but it pays the bills, own a house, and I have triplets, three toddlers. How, yeah. <laughs> However, now that I have my triplets, I have a shocking realization that even though they're the same age and play, they fight day in and day out. They might not get along when they're older and might become cold and distant like me and my sister. Jackie, how do you maintain a close relationship with your siblings? And if you don't get along, how do you react to them when you don't agree with how they are or your personalities don't mesh? Was there a time you didn't get along with them? And Marcus, did you get along with your siblings? And how do you maintain a long-distance relationship with them? Thank you, Jingle Balls. You just I'm, like you just I like just it when like I said Jingle Balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I mean, if you are aware of the you know relationship between Henry and I, which if you've listened to some of the podcasts, you know that we are very close and we work together often. But we fucking hated each other until I was like 15. Mm-hmm. I Same mean, here. Yeah, I mean, it was something that it was just a growing older thing that helped that that worked itself out. And now, you know, we're two peas in a pod, but not all the time. And I think something about having a close relationship, especially with someone that you've grown up with, where it's like, we are completely honest with each other. Mm -hmm. There is no passive aggression. We do not act the way our mother acts towards us. We will never do that. We are completely open, sometimes to the point of us screaming at each other. Mm -hmm. But you got to do it every once in a while. Yeah, that kind of is what it sounds like. It seems like you and your sister bicker, but a lot of times bickering is a lot of passive aggressiveness. That's a, the difference. Yeah, that's a, a lot. That's what bickering is most of the time. It's just like little little snips at each other, like little like sideways throwing shade. It's throw. Oh, <laughs> hello, twenty first century. <laughs> Growing shade. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Uh, a lot of times, uh, and yeah, I was a lot like Jackie too. Like when me and my brothers all lived at home together. Yeah, I mean they fucking. You know, I was an annoying little piss ant most of the time. Uh, and when they moved out, though. We got along fucking great. Uh, and me and my oldest brother, uh, we used to be, like, when we'd see each other, we'd, you know, kind of snip at each other pretty soon. Uh, but we just kind of found things that we didn't talk about. We just found that, like, we just had subjects. It was always about politics or something like that. So, you know, we just decided we don't talk about politics anymore. That that's just not uh, a part of our conversation repertoire. Uh, and maybe it's the same with you and your sister, you know, like, find the things that you do bicker about and stop talking about them you know find the things that you snip at one another about and just don't bring it up change the subject do anything else talk about anything else besides all that bullshit um that or even when you start to bicker about things maybe start to pay attention to what it is that you are bickering about so that you can also be like why do we 
disagree on this. Yeah. You know, to, to create further communication, which usually helps with passive aggression, where it's like, why don't we just say what's happening? Mm-hmm. And if it ends up being a huge fucking fight, maybe it's what you need. Maybe you do need a big fight. Just to like really just clear the air to really fucking say what you mean. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that's what that, those little, because I had those snipes for years at my sister. My older sister is very different from Henry and I. I've talked about her many times. I love her, and for a long time, I just didn't like her. Mm-hmm. And now we are much better at it, but it's also, again, like what Marcus was saying, that there's just some stuff that we don't talk about. Yeah. There's and and she's come to the realizations of things now that she's mom that like she now agrees with me on and that and and vice versa too, and, and because when she was younger she we just didn't have the same beliefs in a lot of things and not that I'm even that kind of person but when she's a very she was a very antagonistic person so she would just pick at me pick at me pick at me pick until I'm like you want fine, but I think that that did help our relationship grow was because it actually made me say what I wanted to say Mm -hmm. because she would pick at me and to a point that it was like you don't need to pick at me if you want to let's you want to talk about something let's talk about it I don't want you to like have to find out how I really feel just by pushing me into saying it Mm -hmm. but I also was a lot more passive aggressive back then I've left passive aggression at the door yeah I think it helps it helps with friendships it helps with relationships. It helps with family. It helps with coworkers. If you if start being more aware of when you're being passive aggressive, it's just a shit thing to act like mm-hmm. because you're not communicating. Yeah. And as far as maintaining a, a long distance relationship with my brothers, I mean, we just talk on the phone. Uh, I mean, there's really not much else you can do. You know, we just talk on the phone, ask questions about each other. I tell them what's going on with my life. They tell me what's going on with theirs. Uh, And that's about it. Uh, it, There's not a whole lot more to it than that. And I really don't know if there really is much more that you can do. But I wonder also as well um, for Jingle Balls, (laughs) (laughs) do your kids interact? And I wonder if that's something that, you know, that I know that she said her sister just, your sister just had a baby, but now maybe the fact that you guys are both moms now might change shit. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's like life changes really change who you are as a person. And, you know, as you grow or as anything, any kind of change that maybe now is the time to start trying to open up to her a little bit more. Maybe. God, you're a mother of triplet toddlers i just i don't know how you do it girl i just do want to say that that's insane that sounds intense but that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's all uh we got for today uh thank you uh for writing in of course uh we've got a long list of uh letters that we're still getting to bit by bit thanks everyone for writing in if you have a question or comment about anything we've talked about here on sex and other human activities write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com go to the Facebook group if you want to have a little bit more of a support group and uh, talk to people that are going through the same shit that you are it's an extremely supportive group over there there's no judgments on anyone Uh, and all it is is just a bunch of people wanting to help each other so uh, yeah if you want to join that group I would recommend it hell yeah All right. So let's say make noise and be free. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Yeah. Yeah, they do.